You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. Greetings to all our family and, and friends and supporters and people that, that believe so much in what Hands at Work in Africa is doing. It's such a privilege for me to speak to you shortly after um, our Easter celebrations, which we had recently. And we trust that you had a wonderful time with your loved ones and your friends and people that you hold dear. And I'm sure in this time, as you you spend quality time with um, those that you love, maybe grandchildren that you haven't seen for a while, or siblings that that live far away or old school friends that you appreciated those moments as you looked at them and you saw um, people that you loved dearly and, and you had quality time with them there's nothing like that, isn't it? it's just one of those deep things in life that we can't buy and yet we can't hold on to them because it doesn't belong to us we also know that in this time, many of us have lost dear ones. Um, some of us may have experienced broken relationships. And, and for us, the devastation of that and, and considering um, that relationships with these loved ones that we had that was taken away for whatever reason, we, we mourn the loss of that relationships. And... Um, yeah, we, our hearts go out to all of those who, who have gone through that pain. And it just reminds us again of how precious it is to have people that we love. It's hard to believe that there are, that there are children in the 21st century um, living today in communities where they haven't heard somebody calling their name for as long as I can remember. Is it possible that it could still be today where we've got so many thousands of people on Facebook and on Twitter and, and um, people that know us and people that know our names, that there are many children whose names are not known and in fact they haven't heard in their ears the sound of their names for quite a while. And I know that that is what you love about what we are doing in hands, and that is what you are part of. And it's it's a it's a thought coming out of the Easter um, celebrations where we've been with loved ones and been reminded of what love did for us. Maybe to summarize it in the shortest possible verse, when we look at Easter, we say, "Love bled to death." Um, and what an incredible story that is for us. Recently I was in Zambia with the amazing leaders of Hands at Work in Africa and uh, we were spending a week together and it had a huge impact on all of us. Um, and we were preparing to, to go and um, spend a few days in the community living with the children. That's obviously always a highlight for us. It's something that we love doing. And... Um, there was one of our leaders, a lady who could not go with us, and she very kindly offered to go and buy the food that we had to take with us. 
And afterwards, she shared something with me which struck me so deeply and which I think it is um, something that I want to encourage you with and share with you. Um, this lady herself have got a, a, a large number of children in her house at the moment, children that doesn't belong to her, children that she just took in to care for. And I know that um, she lives on a very shoestring budget every month. And she shared the story with me. As she said to me, George, as I as I pushed the trolley in the shop with all the food inside, um, with the money that you gave us to go and buy the food, um, I, I spoke to God as I did this, sharing with him how I would have loved to have been on the community stand myself. When the thought came into my mind, um, you can't go there this time. I need you to be at home, but you can do something. Why don't you give something personally to add to this food? Why don't you also contribute? And the lady said to me, she stopped there, and knowing how tough it is for her already to make ends meet at the house, but she realized the immense privilege that she has at that moment that she could actually take some food off the racks in that shop and she could put it in a trolley and she could say, Lord, I want to pay for this. Um, nobody will even know. I don't even know if it will make a significant difference in the amount of food that will go out. But for me, it will make a difference because my heart is totally in this. I believe in the people going into community. I believe in these leaders that can sleep in the huts with the children and to encourage them and the grandmothers and the widows. And no matter how small it is, I want to be part of this. I want to add to this. It's beautiful, isn't it? But you know, it's it's not done because um, somebody asked it to. It's not done because somebody said, only give a little bit and it will make a big difference. It was done because she somehow understood in her heart the message of beautiful feet. Beautiful feet is living moment by moment the message Beautiful feet is realizing it doesn't matter if you live in the United States or Australia or if you are hands at work um, 24-7 in, in, in Malawi. Um, beautiful feet means we all understand that we are not bystanders anymore. We are not watching a play in front of us, clapping hands and, and throwing a few coins into a, a, a collection box afterwards. But we are actually part and parcel of the play. And we can choose what role we want to play and the level of partaking and participating in that. And we can understand the privilege that it is for us that we are actually part of that play. That makes us understand that we are part of a family. We understand then that we have been adopted in that family and all of us are living in our Father's house. 
It doesn't matter where we live. It, what matters and what we understand in our hearts is that we can make these decisions. Sometimes we plan them, and sometimes it's just com- by compulsion. Um, just at the spur of the moment, we realize, right now, I can choose to do something. Just like that lady who made a decision to do something. Why do we do this? Well, when I was with the leaders in Zambia, we we stumbled uh, across this beautiful verse again. So small or so short, but yet so powerful. Um, One of the epistles from John, 1 John 4.19. Powerful, simple, short words, merely saying this. We love because He first loved us. Friends, do we really understand that? Do we really understand that if we do, we know that we've got a new heart, brand new, with new values, with a new message, with a new lifestyle, and we live in a new kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness and justice, a kingdom where the goals of our lives completely change. A kingdom where when we pray for our children, we don't pray anymore that they would be very successful in everything that they do. But rather, we pray and we say, Lord, one thing I ask of you for our children is that they will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of their lives. That they will have deep compassion for people around them. That they will not walk past anybody that's going through a tough time but that they will realize that they've got a beautiful fingerprint and that you've placed them in a unique place where they can make decisions day by day, planned and unplanned, and some of the things that will bring them a bigger satisfaction in their lives is those unplanned moments of doing something that is significant for someone else and may be costly for them. What is the goals that we try to teach them? What's the goals that we try to live in our lives? First of all, we know that all of us need to receive healing. All of us. None of us are healed completely. That's why uh, 800 years before the birth of Christ, it was prophesied that He will come to heal the brokenhearted. We know that all of us have and are busy receiving that beautiful healing when we embrace Him in our lives. And then out of that, we we don't have a choice but to bring healing to those around us. The most beautiful way how we do that was described by Andrew Murray um, in the beginning of the 20th century when he said, Really, we are just one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. All we do is what we've received, we share with others who also so desperately need that. When we understand that, and we understand that someone left their comfort zone and they came down to our village to come and bring life and healing to us, then we will do the same. 
We will leave our comfort zones, whatever that comfort zone is to you and to me, and it means different things. But we will meet the, leave those comfort zones, that comfort zone where, where you always have to have a certain amount of protection, a certain amount of fat around you in case something goes wrong. And to say, I don't need to have all that comfort zones when there are others that have got nothing. I choose not to have that. I choose to become a little bit more vulnerable. We choose to become love. Longer and longer and more and more in our lives. Not just to display short bursts of life and love, but to actually live it. To become part of a community globally where we create a platform for a new generation of people that can choose life um, according to these values which we talk about. We choose, we choose voluntarily to identify with our wonderful care workers that so many of you have met and known by name. We choose to be with the children in the communities. And we say, help us to make a decision to become vulnerable by our own choice. By setting goals that demand more from us than what we might have. We choose that. And when we make that choice, something in us breaks. There's a brokenness in us that can only be seen through the eyes. It's a brokenness that people can only sense in us. It's a brokenness that identifies us. When we meet with these care workers and these children, they might not be educated, but they can sense it when they see us. They can sense that we have made choices in our lives voluntarily to identify with us and to identify with them. All of this is what I invite you to be part of us. All of this was re-emphasized to us through the wonderful Easter season. We want to identify with them because somebody identified with us. I love the message from Eugene Peterson. I love in John 1 where he described Jesus and it said, The word became flesh and the flesh moved into our neighborhood. Isn't that amazing and beautiful? So many of you come to us every year to visit us. So many of you write to us. So many of you pray for us. So many of you are giving sacrificially. Every time you do that, you choose to identify with us. Is this uh, just our dream? Is this just a, a unique dream that we have? Or is it an ancient old dream that was prophesied for centuries? I would like to tell you it's a letter. And I want to give you a short little verse that you would find in the book of Isaiah 65 verse 20. Just listen to this little sentence. It's a dream. It's a, it's a prophecy that was spoken. A day will come. Never again will there be a child who lives but a few days. This is a dream worth living. This is something that our fathers dreamt about. This is something that we dream and we want our children to dream about. This is something that we want to be part of. And this is something that you've got a choice 
to be involved in. And you've got a choice at what level you want to be involved in. I want to suggest to you this is something worthwhile investing in. Not just for that child that we want to live a long life, but for you, for your children. It's good. It's the right choice. There is another kingdom. There is another choice. And it's better. It's not what you and I were brought up to believe. But we know it's better. If you and I make the right choices now, our children can stand on our shoulders and they can get out of this hole that would dig for us, dug for us, this hole that, that put us in a place and say, it's about you and me and we've got to hold as tight as we can. We know it doesn't bring happiness. We know that now. I encourage you and ask you, stand next to me and let's make some brave decisions. Let's live lives that Paul described in Corinthians when he say, God loves a cheerful giver. That translated word actually means he loves an outrageous giver. What is that? It could be your time, it could be your prayers, it could be your finances, it could be you coming to Africa, it could be you speaking on behalf of Hands at Work. Unashamedly, today, I'm urging you, Hands at Work here, we are praying and encouraging ourselves to, to go further and faster. There are so many more communities that we want to go into. I want to conclude with this. I've been involved with many teams on a professional level and on a voluntary level through my life. I've never been in the trenches with a team like I am currently here in Hands at Work. People from many different nations, young and old, educated and uneducated. But friends, I want to tell you, they are putting Everything they have on the line. They are doing everything possible to keep this hope and this dream alive. I'm asking you, don't throw crumbs at that. Support them. Be part of a winning team. This year more than ever, we need you to help. I thank you. I thank you that you do that. And I thank you that you support this amazing team. Who support amazing key workers. Who bring an amazing dream to amazing children. That there's someone caring. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Double, double, double dot hands at work dot org.